I like the thing that's going around that said it like you shouldn't be allowed to train for the Olympics. It should be like a draft mm. and just mm. like two weeks before the Olympics, just you just find out that you're going to have to compete for your country <laughs> in, in, any, in this particular sport. Yeah. And like, you've got like Russia would cheat, get over there. They just always, yeah. oh, the draft is our finest athletes, but it should be, mm. there be, I like the other one. It's like, we should have the Olympics and then we should have the drug Olympics and everyone's just fucking steroided up to the oh, nines. Yeah. Just to I, see what human beings yeah. are really capable people of. People yeah. are running seven and a half second matrix style, hundred meters. And, I've totally... Yeah. I've totally I'm jumping said that four and a half meters. <laughs> That's the greatest thing. That would be the greatest thing. Like, here, if sign a piece of paper, take all like responsibility away from anyone else yeah. that you, you're going to fuck your own body up. And yeah. then I, I would watch the shit out of that. I want yeah. like superhumans doing oh, yeah. things. Like, Bodybuilders looking people doing yeah. javelin, just dudes, dudes pole vaulting with their own dicks, like because they just <laughs> three people die of heart attacks during the hurdles. Like, yeah, just so <laughs> I want to see Hunger Games. Like, obviously, we're getting there. That eventually. would be sick. We're, yeah. we're going to get bored of watching sport where people live forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. we want we want death race and the Hunger Games. Yeah. Are, yeah, you want the, the discus throw is actually a landmine, and it's just a, <laughs> and it's a crowd of people, and they're all trying to get away. Minecraft yeah. discus meets marathon. Yeah, <laughs> they do that in Russia, though. That yeah. like, that is a thing in Russia. That's training in Russia. <laughs> yeah, you run now, you cheeky. F- <laughs> Mix between darts and javelin would be great, except the target for people all around the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have to hold like the dartboard. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all the numbers. I would That's support the shit out of all of these sports. I don't yes. know whether this is like saying that we're t- complete sociopathic, like scary. A little people. bit, but I'm fine with it. Hey, I'm look, fine with it. I'm fine. No, with it. no one dick joke. So you know. <laughs> oh yeah, poop on weed is on, on the other up. Into Gate. This is episode 187. We are talking Stargate Atlantis, the season finale. We are finally here. My name is that Mitch. Joining me is, is Siege Part One, the penultimate, penultimate. episode. Oh, one ah. would say that, and that one would usually be me, and I've lost my marbles. So <laughs> I feel like I've already left the podcast at this point. And uh, look, let's just make that the theme of the episode. My name is Mitch. <laughs> Joining me is Maddie. How you doing? Well, hello. I had a stroke. Ah, good, ah, year, good throwback. Or was it? I don't know. <laughs> Brendan, what's doing? G'day, mate. And Jaws rounding out the troops. How are you, champion? Fantastic, Mitchell. Pegasus Daddy. Pegasus Daddy. <laughs> we say Peg Me Daddy. What? Pe- no, Pegasus Daddy. Oh, okay. Can Did I point re- out my absolute ignorance? We are talking about Stargate Atlantis. I'm just looking. I, I saw your name on the Zoom chat. I was like, oh, wonder if anyone else has got anything fun. My name is in small caps, just Mitch. Then there's Matt Gibson, Brendan G. I'm like, Pegasus Daddy. And I'm like, God, that's a sexy name. I didn't even think about the fact that it's the Pegasus Galaxy and that you've changed it for this particular episode. I yeah. just thought Pegasus on, like, the, like you the thought he was a, horse. a winged the, horse. He was actually a winged horse, and he was some kind of like you know centurion on the wow. back riding into battle, uh, wearing a robe. Not the fact that you're in a galaxy oh. called Pegasus. So, Jesus Christ, I'm done. I'm going to walk out of this. Thank shit. you for I'm, thinking I'm, of me I'm, like I'm, that. I'm, 
Pegasus Pegasus is the name of his dick. Yeah. Anyways. I hope so. <laughs> Anyways. I, call, I call it the Pegasus. Yeah. yeah. And when it shriveled, it says PS. And it's like, does that say penis? You're like, no, it says Pegasus. Pegasus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when it when it's shriveled, it's the Greek alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> and my ass is the galaxy. <laughs> wormhole this we are talking the season finale the two-part season finale although as you told me last week considering on the first time atlantis viewer this was not going to be uh the wrap-up of the siege we are expecting a part three as the season premiere of season two look it's mm-hmm. all a bit technical um but uh <laughs> we will get into it and uh we all talk about the siege part one and two first of all well, actually, usually I would do the synopsis, and usually if I don't, I would say to Maddie, "Hey, quick, send me a quick screenshot." But um, let's not waste any more time. Maddie, are you ready? If I call you in off the out of the bleachers, off the off the cheap seats, go. You, I'm ready to go in, coach. I'm ready yeah, to go. Take me. You're in. in. Okay, you've got five, four, three, and go now. You're alive. Hmm. With the Wraith Armada closing in on Atlantis, tension builds between Taylor and some of the other members of the team over her connection to the Wraith. When she is accused of revealing the team's location after a scouting mission ends in a firefight. Shepard steps in to defend her, but even he begins to harbour doubts when her accuser is left unconscious after an attack by an unknown assailant. Part 2. As the Wraith attack on Atlantis begins, the team is bolstered by the appearance of reinforcements from Earth armed with nuclear warheads and good news! The battleship Daedalus is due to arrive in four days, but when the warheads are easily destroyed by the Wraith, it becomes increasingly clear that the reinforcements aren't enough to protect our city for four hours, let alone four days. Maddie, I love that. that I, I, can we, a round of applause, everyone. That was... Uh, thank you. Look, oh, thank you. you know, not thank too you. bad. That was brilliant. I like that. <laughs> Joss and I, you know, he's went along. I've given you a clap and Brendan's like, I'm going to reserve my clap and I'll just say it wasn't bad. (laughs) I'll see see what it sounds like over the music. That was our... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come back after it's produced. (laughs) Mitch, your first time for the Siege Part 1 and 2. What did you think, buddy? Yeah, it it was actually weird watching this. More so, I think, part one because it felt like a lot of setup and i think it, it took me mm. a lot uh, back to season one of sg1 a lot where it felt like we had two episodes of setup before well it wasn't a two-part finale but it was a two-part of what was the serpent or whatever the hell yeah either way we had like a a season finale <laughs> episode that was a cliffhanger and then we got paid off at the start of season two much like we're about to here i guess but we had there but for the grace of god and then politics right and then the you serpent season did. finale so it felt like even though we didn't know it at the time there but for the grace of god was set up to the finale politics was set up and payoff of there but for the grace of god and then we go into the finale of sg1 which ended up being half of the story um so this i was like oh this feels like a lot of setup where i thought last week's episode of stargate atlantis was set up to the siege like i feel like or not set up but we had enough of the tease uh, with with Taylor being, you know, having communication with the Wraith and all that sort of stuff. And really for the last couple of weeks, we've got the idea they're coming. Okay, that get ready, they are coming. So it's all been building up to this point. And again, I guess watching this live, if it was week to week, we get the title at the start of this episode. It just says The Siege. It doesn't say The Siege Part 1. You don't want to um, spoil the surprise that you only get to get half a story. But it was, again, 
kind of a lot of setup. I, I, I enjoyed it, but it was in hindsight, a lot of setup. And then even, I guess, for most of part two, I'm like, if I didn't already know that there wasn't going to be a complete wrap up of this particular story and that we weren't going to get a cliffhanger ending and then a part three of the siege, I'd, I'd be worried that I was going to be let down because I'm looking at the time code and it's 25 minutes into part two, 30 minutes into part two. And I'm like, the Wraith haven't even arrived yet. You're calling this the siege <laughs> and we're kind of just preparing for it still. Like, mm-hmm. again, a lot of great setup that the, the, you know, we will talk about it obviously, but the, the moment that the SGC make connection, like when they were dialing the other site or at least another planet, and then they go, incoming wormhole. My instant thought was the SGC, not because of getting the ZZPM oh. last week. I just thought that would be such a cool thing. And who else is going to come exactly when we need them to? Um, the the new Colonel guy, notwithstanding, we'll, we'll talk about him. But um, that was such a, a, a great moment. You make way. a good point because it's like the Wraith have never been like... <laughs> like the Gua'uld where they know our address mm. and like they will dial in and just like throw like, you know, um, soldiers through the gate. It's like, yeah, the Wraith have never done that. So yeah, it never occurred to me that it's like, well, who else could dial in but Earth? Mm. And yeah. I think the, the another thing that... Jedi, yeah. Jedi, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, for some reason, I just, I guess because I haven't watched S- SGA long enough or, or repeatedly watched season one, if they never come back again, then I haven't watched season mm. one over and over and I've only seen them appear like what? three times i guess that, that they're not in my memory enough to to think about but yeah for whatever yeah. reason i was like i wonder if it could be and then they're like it's target command i was like holy shit that's cool but i think for me this just stood out as it, it felt like a western I, not so much just because it's called the siege but just the idea of this big battle's going to come this enemy's coming and like maybe not even a western it could even be like the battle of helms deep in lord of the rings or something where there is this giant That's army one. of bad guys thank you coming. <laughs> and we've sent out scouts in this version it was we're going to go to this satellite and we're essentially scouting we're going to see what's going to happen and we lost some soldiers we come back we are preparing we're batting down the hatches we're training people to fight we're getting like it just felt like a like the alamo type thing like some yeah. type of western where this army is coming we've got to prepare and also we've got to figure out a way we can just leave and evacuate burn the city down if we have to or whatever because we're not going to survive this and it, i don't know for whatever i've never felt that before in anything stargate related and it's probably not accurate there might have just been something else subconsciously going on in my head but i just like this has got a real western mentality about it but at the same time when you had those not even dog fights because it was just the darts in, but like some of the shots very you know mid 2000s cgi sort of stuff for television but i was watching this going you know martin woods directing this and you needed a, a an old school sg handle on it and i'm glad that it got to be him uh you know as maybe him or one of the, one of other two three people that got to handle this but it felt like they were finally able to do something that maybe they've only got to do once before with the end of season seven of of sg1 like have this big space epic because you had this giant mythical city of Atlantis. You had these darts going through. You had humans with these giant energy guns firing shit off. You had someone downstairs harnessing the power of the ancients, throwing up drones. And there was just, we were just weaving in and out of the city. So while it had this sort of very basic, very simple uh, Western mentality about it, it was also this giant space epic on TV for almost the first time in this franchise's 
what now nine seasons worth of content. So mm. it was, yeah, like I, I, I'm glad I knew that we weren't going to get a payoff and it's very safe to assume there was going to be a cliffhanger. Um, but I'm glad that I knew that the siege by name was going to have a part three after this because I think it saved me from being a little bit let down that it was set up, set up, set up almost as far as the big battle death ensuing up until like the last 10 minutes of part two. But yeah, like uh, that was longer than I thought I'd be talking about it, but I, (laughs) yeah, no, I, I, I dug it. Like as far as watching this show for the first time and I think pressing play on this, it felt like I was watching something like this for the first time. Like each and every Mm. week I've been watching it for the last year and a bit. I'm like, oh, I know of these characters. And it felt like very much an SG-1, but not episode where they were going to visit people and something going wrong. Whereas this just felt very, you know, culmination of this particular part of the franchise's story. Mm. And it's the Wraith, like SG, even though they came to the rescue a little bit, it's got nothing to do. And we've never seen anything like this in a way for SG-1. So it felt like they were on their own. And for me as a first time viewer, really felt like I was watching something for the first time, mm. possibly for the first time. So yeah, I yeah, well, and, and what you were saying there too, kind of does make me think um, like in a meta way by, by calling it the siege and then constantly referring to it through the episode, um, referring to the siege, the first siege of Atlantis that went mm. for like thousands of years or whatever with the rate or however long it was, it kind of would feel a little bit like cheated if it's just like, oh, we're going to call this episode the siege. The Wraith are going to come and it's going to last like an hour. Yeah. So yeah, the technology kind of- hasn't changed, you know, like it's not like, well, this war's going to be over. This battle's going to be over in 10 minutes because we've got better ships. It's like, no, we're still using the same shit that they used thousands of years ago. And yeah. as far as we know, so are the Wraith. Yeah. So yeah, the, well, the Wraith have to be right. Cause like you said before, we've known for the last three or four weeks the Wraith are coming on our long distance sensors. And then it's 50, we find out it's 15 hour via paddle, puddle jumper to get to the satellite. Then the three Wraith ships get, one of them gets blown up by the satellite. And then the Daedalus has four days to get there. Mm. So what are they doing between the 15 hour satellite voyage with three hive ships? Are they just running at sublight speed or? Why, yeah. why is it taking so long to get there to Atlantis? Yeah, do they mention that at all? Because I wondered that no. myself. Like, they've got, if they're capable of interstellar travel, why have they suddenly got to the solar system and then hit the brakes and like, we'll take a few weeks for this one? Like, I wonder if that's a leftover of like that subconscious thing. And it happens a lot. It's like that subconscious sort of Trek thing where it's like in Star Trek, it's like you can't actually travel at warp inside a solar system. Like warp is only for like sun to sun. But once yeah, you're yeah. inside a solar, it's just navigationally, it's too hard because you don't know, like you don't have like ready, ready to go trend, like telemetry of like where the a planet is in its particular rotation or where sense. a moon is and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, but they use subs, they use subspace. So it's outside of our dimension. That's yeah. what the like a subspace true. window yeah, is. You very don't even, true. You never that, go but that's what anything. I mean, though. I think it might be one of those in the same way like Stargate uses shortcut things like beaming and shield, like they use those terminologies. I wonder if that's stuck in the back of their brain when, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Given like there was oh, an yeah, episode of like season five where we literally like we go through the planet, like we, yeah. we the asteroid is headed towards Earth and we enter subspace, take the, the asteroid 
like you know onto the other side of earth and away we go yeah yeah so i wonder if there's little things in the back of their brains that they're going oh yeah you would stop there when it doesn't actually make sense in their universe but like how slow they're obviously slower than a puddle jumper in sublight speed why is that well it took 15 hours for the puddle jumper to get to the satellite yeah so and then the wraith mothership were at the satellite when they blew the one up so then in theory it should only be 15 hours for the mothership to get back but rodney rodney had like days no no it was before the siege started no no it was 49 it was when the episode opens it was 49 hours until the hive are in range of the satellites yeah so then then he said it's 15 hours all right they take 15 hours to get there what i'm saying is once they blow up the wraith ship it's 15 hours by a puddle jumper back to atlantis yeah so what were the ships well, they, doing? what were yeah, the race doing in the meantime they had Didn't that they... moment when when they blew up the first one and and um was it roddy must have said oh i think because we blew up one they're rethinking their plan yeah, and i'm like that about. feels like you, you you're planting a little seed there for what and then it was like sgc personnel show up and it's like we're here to prep how long we got oh well it could be any time whether it's two hours or two days we don't know we'll, we're gonna prepare and it's like then they went through the full right. rocky wrong. So they... no, no no i agree with you though like yeah it's like why how long were they sitting there thinking i feel like they blew up a, the satellite. They lost one of their own ships. But then they sent bunch uh, like uh, they knocked a bunch of meteorites um, from the belt down to blow up. You know their shit. You know the, the, essentially their landmines. You know their sky mines. And yeah. then they sent through other like they had so many different processes of of offense that I don't think they needed like a four day or whatever window, three day. Uh, I don't know because I haven't seen the deadless. A three day window to sit there and go, hmm, how do we do this strategically? I'm like, I feel like you're the type of people that would just throw yourselves at this because what I felt, even though a lot of them were transferring down out of their darts, they also seem that, okay, they're in a hive, they're a hive mind. That's what I love about them. I guess maybe the most is that what how they're so opposite to the Gould, where the Gould are so they might pretend like they're all about the the mm. cause, but they're so individually focused and just want power over one another, and they only seem subordinate and whatever to you know manipulate someone to eventually take over them and take their control and their power. Whereas the um, uh, the the Wraith they're happy to sacrifice themselves like you know old mate getting shot by um uh, a shepherd in what the end of the first one or whatever it was and he's just getting pumped full of lead in the um in the in the little jail cell and he's like yeah my people they're gonna pay for that you're you're gonna pay for this when they find out what you've done like he he wasn't trying to put up a fight he wasn't trying to overthread them he's like he can kill me it's not gonna make any difference and like i feel like those suicide bomber ones coming in while some of them were obviously transferring down others would have happily not done that because they're there for the cause they'd rather kill themselves so that their brothers you know in years time will still be feasting on these pricks like yeah so yeah i, I don't feel like they would be the type yeah. that would sit around for three days going no let's let's make sure we do this in a really strategic way that's going to minimize casualties on our front they wouldn't give two fucks about that yeah. like yeah. like they said the, imagine the, the imagine if they had them off for a century and they go we're never going to win this war because they just keep coming like they're just yeah. doing it to hurt us they're not doing it to win yeah. they're doing it so that we lose yeah, imagine if they had just like kept coming because i think because you, know, you think about it like that means like the puddle jumper would have been like 
<laughs> puddle jumper would have been like 10 minutes ahead of the fleet yeah. and Rodney was stuck on the puddle jumper. So imagine yeah. it's imagine if yeah the fleet was just like 10 minutes behind Rodney and he's just stuck in the jumper and then yeah they've obviously done it so that they could get Rodney back to Atlantis and then he can start doing all his shit. And in that moment, I would have really loved if he was like that redhead scientist with the rocks from SG1 last week where Rodney <laughs> and the puddle jumpers coming back and going, they're coming! Yeah. And, like, you know, and the hive ships are just behind him emerging into uh, into the atmosphere. Yeah, even if it was the throwaway line saying, oh, the explosion damaged the other ships. Yeah. That could have been enough. Blinded their senses. Like, yeah. you know, the explosion yeah. blinded them or something like that. Yeah. The asteroids blinded theirs so they couldn't see yeah. where the wraith were and all that. So it's like, come on. That's yeah. it. I think it was the radiation of the mines. Oh, so yeah, sorry. The yeah, radiation. yeah, the, the fallout from the from the nuclear bombs. So it's like, mm. yeah, it's like the destruction of the the ship or the satellite blinded their senses and they had to, you know, make repairs or whatever. And space yeah. is full of radiation. So what the f- kind of sense is yeah. not working radiation like, <laughs> yeah imagine, imagine if ion, ionic radiation right now imagine true. if um yeah like the the destruction of that first hive like bits of debris just like flew off and like hit the other hives and damaged their engines or something like that yeah and they had yeah, to heal it would have made way more sense yeah yeah i just found that strange it's conveniently just enough time for earth to come and for them to build for we to go off world mate mm-hmm. who wrote it Stra- strapped Martin to Hero. a chair Gira riding and then come back with nuclear bombs just in time to RC a puddle jumper and crash it into the oh hive. yeah remote controlling puddle jumpers which we never see again yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it didn't work I guess that's why Shepard jumped onto it yeah yeah mm-hmm. I suppose uh, I can't remember what now? the technical issue was when you just explained it in such a monotone <laughs> it made it sound like so incredulous. I mean, like any anyone from outside, like listening yeah. to genre and then, stuff, like yeah, everyone was be like, <laughs> and then and then we fucking we had to run back, and then there was and then just in time, Earth dials in to save us. Everyone's like, and just in time, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, this happened. How big was oh, the fish you caught? It was this big, wasn't it? Like, Brendan, Brendan is Mari is uh, Daria Morgendorfer. That's who he fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> just Word, to throw in a, a Simpsons reference there for O'Neill, but like when they, I think they host like a epic soccer match in Springfield, and they have like the opposing commentators, and like Kent Brockman is sitting there, the oh, news yeah. guy, he's commentating, he goes, "Center passes off to Ford, back to center, holds it, holds it, holds," it. and they go to some European guy, and he's like, "Center pass to Ford, pass it back to center, holds it, holds it, holds it." <laughs> <laughs> It's all about tone. Hold it. Hold it. (laughs) Yeah, mate. You should do the synopsis from now on in that tone. (laughs) You should actually. Hold on a second, Colonel. I don't think you fully grasp our situation. You have three Wraith Hive ships bearing down on your position and precious little to defend yourselves with. That about sum it up. You got our message? We got your message. It's down to two Hive ships. We managed to destroy them. Good for you. That should make my job a little easier. Exactly is your job, sir. I should think that would be obvious to you by now, Major. We are going to defend Atlantis at all costs. How convenient. Oh, how yeah. convenient. Lucky SG1 Ooh. went back in time last mm. week. I got a ZPM. What what I find interesting is at no point did they ever acknowledge how the Wraith 
like knew that there were mines. Yeah. yeah. Like like was was throwing asteroids always part of the plan? Yeah, or... because he, he even said it right before like he said, Oh, they would have had to do it from the outer reaches of the solar system, like where mm. the asteroid belt was, and then direct it toward so they must have known prior to them arriving and then setting up, you know, due to the vastness of space and how long it would take to redirect her. Well, due to last week's yeah. episode where we had all Taylor's all her um, premonitions and wraith attachments, I was like you, Maddie. I think when we, t- we were talking about this, uh, we always thought it was the end of that episode where we find out the wraiths in the city. Yeah, because the that, start of that this. throws back to what brotherhood or something like that when they had that attack yeah, from the Wraith yeah. Dart or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's they, super weird yeah. that Taylor so can ages. Taylor can like, yeah, like meditate and reach Wraith like across the galaxy, but doesn't know that there's one like three floors down. Yeah. And that's what I always thought. That's the reason why she was able to do that. Yeah, because same. there was a wraith within close proximity. Which, it would make so much more sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Were they trying to retcon that or? And he, so, okay, so here's the weird thing. So, if you look at uh, the gift that was written by Robert Cooper and story by Martin Giro, the Brotherhood written by Martin Giro, part one of the siege written by Martin Giro, but then the siege mm. part two written by Joe and Paul. So it's like, if Giro was a half-decent writer, why did he not address it in The Gift? Why did he wait till now when he's the one who set it up in Brotherhood? Like, he's obviously, yeah. you know, it would make so much yeah. more sense for the reason that Taylor has been on edge would be like, if you think about the Brotherhood, which was when the attack happened, then there was Letters from Pegasus and then The Gift. So it would make so much more sense if in The Gift... Taylor wasn't connecting to the ships, like the hives. It would make so much more sense that she was, and so much more interesting. Imagine if she connected to the wraith and we got like that wraith POV and was a wraith walking around Atlantis. Yeah. And like, yeah. Imagine she witnessed a wraith like killing a member of the Atlantis expedition. Like she experienced like the death Mm. of one of her friends. That would have been so much cooler. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agreed. And and really, it would have gone, leaned into the sort of horror feel that was setting up in yeah the too so it would have, yeah that would because be as we said with uh the end of the gift it's like well the big dun 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 at the end of the episode was the wraith don't want atlantis they just want atlantis to get to earth and as we said in the gift we knew that from the pilot yeah like we knew that that's what that was the end game was to get yeah. to earth and then um, i feel like the the cliffhanger in part one was oh there's a wraith here and it's like it, we already knew that didn't we yeah it was a little bit murky i think so like the whole of part one was there was just one wraith in the city from yeah. the brotherhood and then that's the one that john like executed which i'll get to yeah uh, right. executed at the end of the siege part one <laughs> and then obviously they'd had that attack in between and then there was like okay so more wraith have like beamed in during yeah. that attack but yeah it was weird for taylor but i sense more wraith and it's like okay you know yeah we know. It was, like, you could, we, it was established under last, attack. It was established last week. You can sense the wraith, like you know, yeah. at the edge of the galaxy. So how can yeah. now you suddenly tell that there's multiple wraith in the city when you couldn't tell there was the one wraith in the city for weeks? Yeah, 
yeah. it doesn't it doesn't track but then yeah so the problem i had with like the big um duh, 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 at the end of the siege part one is john just straight up executed a prisoner of war mm. like imagine if that was a janai like i feel mm. like the whole reason they, they're like oh well the wraith doesn't look human so we can get away with just straight up executing a prisoner yeah, and, and there was never mentioned. Like there was just that one moment where Ford's like, "Oh, are you sure this is a good idea?" And then John's like, "Whatever," and then just like puts more bullets into him. It's never even established that Weir knows about it because I feel like Weir would have words to say about that. <laughs> and then yeah, he it would have made more sense if there was like this over over sort of arcing element of like the siege part two where John is like going too far, like he's doing things out of character because he's trying to do everything he can to like save the city but it doesn't go anywhere like yeah. his his whole thing at the end of the siege part two is like he makes the sacrifice play to take the jumper up so but it's like well john in episode one would have done that that's just who john is yeah but john executing that prisoner like that's not john that's not what john would do yeah it's a bit weird because we've hmm. had we've had um at the same time, I was like, shut up, Ford. But <laughs> yeah. it, well, it, was def- it was definitely played off to make Shepard look cool. It was definitely done as yeah. a cool thing. But I was like, yeah. it, only oh, because ass. they thought they could get away with it because the prisoner doesn't look human. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's, there's a lot of times where there's, yeah, it's in both Stargates where they're, they're good guys and they stand on a take a moral high ground in one episode and then the next episode they're mass murderers they would just sit there and like mow heaps of humanoids down yeah but yeah and it's it's never addressed properly but yeah and you're right it did feel out of character i think um i always put that down to them being in the pegasus galaxy and there is no real like international rules or you know what i mean there's no un that's the same it's the same excuse they had in the first one. It's like, yeah, we can do the the gene uh, experimenting because there's no mm. there's no United Nations, blah blah blah. So I'd, everything like that, I always put it down to that, and that's my bad because they shouldn't be doing that. They should because yeah, they should yeah. still be holding up their own. Mo- and it's like, well, if old mate this new colonel because we haven't had enough of those in atlantis already comes in <laughs> mm. and can like take over it's like well yeah they still have to follow the chain of command like they're all still you know under the the u.s military and and the ioa and all that kind of stuff and it's just like it, it's one of those things where they just use it when they want to and forget about it when they don't it's it's their equivalent it's yeah it's, it's the star trek prime directive it's like yeah we'll we'll make an ethical yeah. situation out of it when we need to but when it gets in the way we'll just pretend it's not a thing yeah, I kind of was pissed off with Shepard with that, with just, oh, but what about, and like, as a soldier, I get it, you'd probably want to talk to the colonel privately, but to directly disobey an order, because we yeah. told you not to, it's like, sorry, we, I have to do it. You should go and talk to him, and I'll wait for you here, but not, you know, like, delay the yeah, order. it was, it yeah. was an interesting one, because I, I would have totally done, like, I... I didn't recognize Colonel Cut's authority, like when he came in, even though he had all the right paperwork and he's like, I've got it's it's here signed by O'Neill. I'm in charge now. But yeah. there's the weird thing for me is I I don't believe O'Neill would have ever done that. 
Like that's that's Martin Gira writing for a character that he's never written for before. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know whether Jack would would do that. But having said that, John, yeah, John should have been following orders. Like he he didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, that you're right about that actually. Because how many times did it happen to SG One where Hammond gets taken over and Jack would have hated that? Yeah. So obviously, being a colonel, he's going to be the top military rank person on the base. So Shepard should shut up. Yeah. But- and I think that's what we're missing that we would get in SG one is there's been plenty of colonels that have come in, but Jack has always been like, Oh no, because I know him. He's, he may be a douche, but you know, he's qualified because he's done this, 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 this. We didn't get that with this colonel. He just comes yeah. in, has yeah. a personal grudge because <laughs> he knew Colonel Sumner. So he came in with a chip on his shoulder um, yeah. and being a dick and it's like well i don't believe that jack would have given him command of atlantis to come in and do this no matter how qualified he is uh as a colonel as a human being he's a piece of shit so i just don't believe that jack would ever let him waltz in like that with a sheet of paper and go back off because uh, yeah jack really seemed to really really like Weir. like jack and Weir seemed to get on like from the the you mm. know few scenes the i had together yeah you know, he sent through the, the bottle of champagne at the end and all that kind of... So it's like, yeah, I just don't believe that that he would do that to Weir. Maybe even like a telecommunication, just saying, hey, listen, you're going to hate this situation, but I've got to put this guy in charge while this is happening. You know? Yeah, yeah this, like, is the pen- this is the like Pentagon's... That. This is the Pentagon order. If the yeah. piece of paper had said, I, had a, I have orders from the Pentagon, then yeah. you'd know or, Jack would have no... Or the IOA. Um, you know yeah. anything like that but yeah. not yeah. jack himself i think it was like trying to put in like, oh we know that name <laughs> yeah when martin and Gira also i feel like jack. this colonel no backstory has has is the exactly the type of guy especially the way he speaks that jack would hate <laughs> so condescending and just full of himself yeah dr weir yes colonel dylan everett united states marine corps you should know General that. O'Neill sends his compliments on a job well done under extraordinary circumstances. You are relieved. And then, oh my God, the moment that I'm just like, this is why I could never work in the military is when the colonel turns to his sergeant and goes, no, captain, he goes, captain, execute Alpha 2. And then the, the captain, like, takes one step and goes, sergeant, Alpha 2. And then the sergeant goes, and I'm like, just f-ing say it yourself to them. Why did you have to? fucking military man it's just like <laughs> and craig has told me about that like like whoever's like in command of a base will give it it's like okay everyone needs to be you know there for like the whatever you call it when they'll have to stand out and, and do their parade thing or whatever it's like okay you have to be there at 0900 so he'll give that order to this next down in the chain of the command the chain of command that guy doesn't want to get in trouble so he'll say 8 30 and then tell that to the next person and then the next person down the chain of command says eight o'clock so by the time it gets down to the grunts right down in the bottom they're told they have to be like wherever they have to be at like you know 0600 when the actual thing doesn't oh. start to like 0900 because it's just gone oh, down wow. that chain of command and they're all just standing around for hours oh. because no one wants to get in trouble that's crazy so retarded so retarded <laughs> our, our social structure as people is there's something wanting i mean we do some for civilized human beings we do the stupidest shit <laughs> it's just and, and for rules for rules that someone else like created and yeah i i I loved all of mckay's disdain oh like so good in the same way shepherd kind of 
push the push the boundaries, but at the end of the day had to follow orders. McKay's just like, actually, I need to hear it from her. I need if she if she says it, then I'll do it. <laughs> um, and he's like, you guys come in with your guns and your brush cuts. And I was like, oh, <laughs> even his little up and down looks. Um, it, it, Dave Hewlett does it so well. Just the disdain and the stop talking to me, peasant. Like, it's it yeah, so well. Yeah, he's just and like, no, I run this place. Like, this, I'm in charge. Why are you consulting anyone else but me? I know how everything's going. Although, I did spend a, a sizable chunk of was it the first episode of the, oh no, the first episode where uh, Zelenka and Weir are talking, just trying to figure out whether they were in wigs or not. And it was distracting <laughs> from, from the, from the actual watching itself. Bailey like, and Ronan are the only wig wearers, I believe. Really? Uh... Thank you for clearing that up for me. Cause I'm like, Zelenka's yeah. got a f***ing hairpiece. And wow. I was leaning in. And you have to look at that. I, I was way too distracted by that. Like, I know. Uh, I did hear in the audio commentary, I think at the very, very end of the episode when like Weir's trying to talk to John like on the radio or whatever, when he's like leaving with, with the, with the bomb. Yeah. That's actually stuff that they cut from maybe like the defiant one or something like that. I want to say like just leftover bits of like reaction shots and like <laughs> fire up the radio with it. And it's just leftover bits from old episodes. I think yeah. I think they did so that a few times. Yeah, so it's interesting that whether you know that you notice because if anything, you'd think those would be the shots where like the hair doesn't match up or something like that. Yeah, yeah, could have been. I didn't yeah. even think. Oh, of that. I'll have to go back and that. have a look at those because yeah, that's super interesting. I did love all Weir's like citywide, like her little speeches. Oh, I hated them. Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> oh, They're so I hate wonderful. Them so bad. It's like I wish Hammond had gotten stuff like that, but all he ever got was like those one-sided conversations to the president on the phone. Where you just saw his side of the of the yeah, conversation. Like, uh, this is Hammond. Yeah. Lock up the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wildfire. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. It's it's gotten out of our control. Yes, yeah. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we'll have to, you know, uh, set the self-destructive <laughs> things. So we... It's like that. That yeah. was all exposition. There was no like emotional, like knowing, like getting to know Hammond. Where I feel like each one of these little citywides that Weir does, you get a better idea of like who she is. Yeah. And and just letting everybody know, like, Do you imagine uh, living there in the city. Oh, so but think about it. Like, it the was mili- so like <laughs> I just be. It's like every, she does it all the time. Like to me, she always tries to be inspirational, but ends up being yeah. like verbose. You know, you know, there's eye rolling every time she does it. There's at least Ugh. three people taking a shit whenever she's doing a citywide <laughs> elite, and they've got to oh. listen to it while she's taking a shit. But could you imagine that? You're like you're trying to play ps3 and then she's just coming on like this special over the pa and she just talks for like 10 minutes and doesn't shut up and then she but, does it again in part two but here's the best part though you have the mic dr weir it's the oh. exact opposite of what i was saying about the military where the military just like have to go through the chain of command and drop dribs and drabs she's like that just put me in everybody's earpiece and i'll tell everybody the same piece of information at the exact same time so we're all on the same page and i'm like that just makes so much more yeah sense. but like narrow it down a bit <laughs> oh yeah she could use some editing you know she could yeah. you know oh yeah. yeah she could hemingway that shit needs, chuck needs to be like oh man we're running low on power we've only we've only got enough power this is elizabeth i know you're all scared wide. so am i we're not scared <laughs> <laughs> none of so us are scared we have not, none of us have shared those feelings whatsoever you're terrified uh, the wraiths are on their way we know we know 
We oh. all know the wraith are on their way. You just said that. <laughs> we have no ZPM to get home to Earth. We know that. We found that uh, out in episode one. I feel like if it was made now, and we're there was, out. <laughs> it was if it was made now, and there was like that scene, and it was like a an episode of like the other guys or something like their version of the other guys. Just using the modern vernacular, it would have been like three technicians like listen to Weir's ten minute speech and go, that could have been an email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. That was a, that was a two sentence text. Yeah, that would like, yeah. have been great. Wait, but when she, when he, it's funny when you said he looks at her and is like, "Here, you can have your moment." The look she's given her him is like, "Please let me say something. I've got a speech prepared. I've got a speech prepared. Please <laughs> let me say." It's it's like your type yeah. A sister that annoys you with like her PowerPoint presentations on <laughs> how she thinks the holiday should go. It's just like. Oh God, I've got an inspirational speech prepared. I've been working all night on this. Yeah, and I think that's what it irked me. She's like, okay, fine, you're in charge. I'm like, what do you mean fine? Yeah, you were just told. You're she's just not told. part of the military. Like, yeah, I know, she's not I know in charge the... anymore. She doesn't own Atlantis. Yeah, but... It's just because me. that guy you know was such a, a dick I'm a that that's apology. the only reason the audience preferred weird because yeah. he would come in and talk like this you oh, know yeah. me i'm yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a pathetic weird apologist but <laughs> in my mind it's like well weird doesn't work for the u.s military she works for the ioa and so does the u.s military so really yeah. the u.s military coming in and saying you're relieved she'd be like well i don't work for you i work for the i work for the ioa that's what that's what i yeah. would like in my mind as the weir apologist i would have been like if i was we would have been like you don't sign my checks motherfucker. <laughs> um get Wolsey on the phone and if he tells me to stand down then i'll stand down i know that you're good with your little guns and your little explosives but you keep me in the fucking loop until the, i say so is like, the ioa in charge I've, i don't think i'm familiar with that yeah. Not until not until later. No, I'm pretty sure. Because we've had problems. We, we've had problems problems with the IOA before. Yeah, because Kinsey got her in charge of SGC, and then mm. they went back to military rule because it was a military base. Yeah, but and it's like the I don't Atlantis think expedition specifically said that at all. But the Atlantis expedition is a civilian. That's why they don't wear military uniforms. They wear their own fancy ones. Is because. Um, yeah, I just wasn't, I just wasn't aware that, uh, at this point that the IOA was in charge of it. Let me, um, so let then, me then that's even worse because any order from General O'Neill would mean nothing. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? In a lot and of that, ways, yeah. It wouldn't. That, it would be like a piece of toilet paper. It'd just be nothing. Yeah, I guess. I guess it depends in terms of the chain of command. Is the Atlantis expedition part of Stargate Command? At which point, yeah orders from O'Neill would carry weight. But if mm. the IOA, if it's the IOA and they have SGC as one branch and the Atlantis Exhibition is another branch, yeah. well then, well then yeah, stuff from O'Neill means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless it's 50, 50 sort of yeah, science military. Yeah. And then in and because then it's international it's... crew, I would have just NATO. assumed that it wouldn't. Well, yeah, that's what makes me think the IOA, but I could have, like I know that can't go into spoilers too much, but the IOA yeah. pick a leader later. Definitely, that's a massive spoiler. Yeah, that's huge. Like that's a well, ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, don't know you didn't why. go into too much. You don't like know. You said. It could just be one episode, Maddie. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, according to this, like the first time we meet Woolsey is he's in Heroes Part 2 in Season 7 and he's in Inauguration in um, Season 7 when they're briefing the new the new president. Oh, yeah. So wow, that's it. So far, like that's all wow. we've seen him so far. That's uh, he's, amazing how annoying he becomes. Now. Yeah, he's not in any of Season 8 episodes of SG-1 uh, and he's not in, he's only in two episodes of Season 9. And then a bu- and then a bunch of se- a three of season ten. Of, I guess it's um, the SG same with Mayborn and that they're only in it once yeah. a season. Oh, and Mayborn. A- anything to do with Mayborn or the trust or yeah. Oh, Kinsey. Oh. Kinsey. As soon as I'd go, like, oh, Senator Kinsey is in it on later. I would just go, oh, I hate those. You know what I found a bit annoying in this? Mm. I love the whole satellite ancient satellite thing, but then they say. Oh, we can use a NACWA to generate it to power it. But we can't use it to power the city, of course, because, you know, plot. But it's Gen 2, so it's jury-rigged or whatever. The, the explanation they give is fucking weak, though. It's like, yeah. such a, like, it's, like, like it's slightly controlled overload or something like that. Yeah, we can use it here, but we can't use it here. So we can use it to power the stuff we need in the story, but certainly not the defense. It's like, God, no. Yeah. There would certainly be no- not that would make us invincible. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah that's... And, and I mean, shit, it's not invincible because the ancients lost ancients. the goddamn war. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like all of a sudden they're turning on a story device that would turn them invincible. It would just, yeah. Allow also, them to... I feel like they could at least run some power through the ZPM console. You know how they managed to, in the gold ships, how they're crystal, they're like crystal controlled. And Carter had one of her usb to crystal connectors and she would do all she'd plug it into the system and do all her diagnostics with on the laptop yeah yeah. yeah. I feel like they could do and i think they've done that similarly to the rings in the other guys they plug that crystal into the into the ring base yeah and and use an aqua generator to power the ring that was dead well, yeah, so i, mean, I feel we, like yeah. they could create a zpm kind of crystal like thing and hook it up to the NACWA generator or like 10 of them in sequence or something and power the shit yeah. out of those shields at least you know for five minutes at a time when it would actually matter it's interesting thought yeah I guess it's just it's yeah. just I guess it's a matter of you know we don't want to is it is <laughs> well in in a lot of ways I guess it's is a is a ZPM like so like the amount of power it generates just so far beyond like is it like is a NACWA generator a double A battery compared to, you know, a nuclear reactor? Is what the ZPM is like? Is it yeah, that much so. of a of a it difference? It probably is because it sucks. Supposed to be sucks the entire energy out of a blank universe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like a pocket Ultimate universe, reality. dimension, yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah. So who knows? And then. It's never directly addressed, but it almost seems to be like it's like once the ZPM is depleted, you can't, it's useless. You can't recharge. Mm. Even, even, it's almost insinuated that the ancients can't even recharge them. They just put a new one in. Like they yeah. never bother. So wasteful and didn't think. understand how recharges work. Like, <laughs> for, for a smart race, they really would got it wrong on some things. Oh, yeah, massively, massively. And if it's, if it's powered by a universe, I think in one of the episodes they explained that because the universe was a vac that was a vacuum universe or something like that, and they yeah, get all the energy from right. that mm. from the matter in that unit. You know, I don't know what it was. Yeah. And then why 
would they deplete so quickly? How many, you know what I mean? And why wouldn't yeah. they have spares? They should have a, in Atlantis, there should be a ZPM room full of ZPMs. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Like they should be able to just press a button and there's an automation where it just starts making ZPMs. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. then I don't know if you said it before, but with the satellite, it's like, well, the satellite doesn't run on a ZPM. Mm. we were able to plug in Nequita generators to make that work. So it's yeah. like, so what power source did the satellite run on if not a ZPM? And why is that not an option? Mm. Yeah. yeah, why on can't Atlantis? we have one of those buffers in Atlantis? Because that thing took out a hive ship. Right. That's a lot Easy. of energy with yeah. one Nequita generator. Yeah. I just feel, yeah, that they could get that buffer system. And it wasn't even a Gen 2 Nequita generator. It was one of their rich because the... The other people mm. hadn't shown up yet, had they? Like the, the no. military and stuff hadn't shown no, up yet. No, because they had to do the 15-hour puddle jump. That's right. And, that's right. and then when the military shows up, they're like, oh, yeah, you've got, you, we know what's going on. You've got three hives. Like, well, we actually managed to destroy ones. Like, well, you just made my job that much easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with, with his yeah, half Zap Brannigan, half fucking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's and, totally Zap Brannigan. Yeah, he is. He's Zap Brannigan. He's like, <laughs> Guys, I'm here to save your life. Bam. Leela. Hey. He's, he's like here. one sexually inappropriate comment to we are away from uh, being yeah. Zap Brannigan. And yeah. pants off. Listen, science lady, stay in the room. <laughs> some sweet, sweet candy or you can leave. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, Colonel, yeah, he was Colonel Brannigan. Yeah, he was Colonel, Colonel Brannigan. Brannigan. All right, yeah. guys, I'm here to take over. <laughs> all, all, all he needed was his captain, his captain to be a kiff and just be like one yeah. just exasperated. <laughs> yes, <Colonel. sighs> okay. Uh, oh my god, yeah. now now all I want is an episode of Futurama with Splice. Stargate characters. <laughs> just yeah. together. So it's like the captain is Kiff, which makes like Taylor Amy, so he's like secretly got a crush on Taylor. Where <laughs> is Leela? I guess that makes yeah. Shepard Fry <laughs> or Shepard the no. Professor. Oh, sorry, Shepard is Fry Rodney. and McKay yeah, no, is the professor. the professor. Yeah, he's like, Good news, everyone. That makes Beckett Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy eating trash out of the dumpster. Why are you disturbing me? If I had any talent at animation, I would animate the out of that. That would be amazing. (laughs) Oh my god, that would be so good. Oh, we watched the uh, there's a crossover Simpsons episode with Futurama, the Simpsons Rama, I think it is. Oh, Simpson Rama, and Jack told me I've seen that the Family Guy one multiple times. He goes, Dad, that was I think that was the most important episode of both series combined I'm like Aww. you're exactly right mate oh <laughs> that's so cute he's just, and he's just his nerd yeah. muscles are so strong it just makes yeah. me so proud like you've done you're, wow. you're very handsome at being that oh my god ford is hermes <laughs> that makes ford hermes oh, oh yes. no i like hermes and- <laughs> maybe it's maybe, maybe it's, ford's um... bender does that make ford bender and then and then oh, no. um, Sergeant Sergeant Bates is um <laughs> is Hermes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Wait, that makes Zelenka is Scruffy the janitor. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> I think your science is completely wrong. 
Oh my god. I mean, I'm okay, just. Who I'm Ford be? Who's a good analog of Ford? Who's like mm. really annoying in Futurama? I feel like Ford would be one of Mom's three kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nailed it. Who else could he be? I caught Ford gaslighting again in this episode. Oh, did you? He's yeah. a gaslighting motherfucker. That guy. I my notes. I bet you it's not even. That wasn't even written in the script. Just Rainbow Sun Frank's. <laughs> yeah, so they're not giving me anything else to do. So, so the um, yeah, I feel like he's gaslighting because he acted like he was on Shepard's team when they found Bates beat up in the hospital. They're like, let's go and investigate Ford, and he's like, all right, Colonel, and they go over and they talk to Taylor, and Shepard's like, Taylor. What about the assault on Sergeant Bates? And Taylor's like, are you, you're not accusing me, are you? And Shepard's like, of course not. And Ford's like, well, you did get into it pretty hard yesterday. <laughs> like, it's just like, what, you were on his side like three seconds ago. He, and he did, he did flip sides pretty quick in terms of just like, as soon as um, Colonel Brannigan was started, like talking about all the weapons and Colonel stuff, <laughs> he just like, Ford was just like drooling, like half erect, just hearing about like the um yeah right all the, the rail guns and all the explosives and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've just I've just been looking at Futurama characters. I know who Ford is. He's Cubit. You know when when Professor Farnsworth like clones oh, himself. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty, yeah he's clone slash yeah because he's just like so just like uh, uh, uh. I'm so annoying. It's yeah, so that, much than that that or Nibbler. Oh no, Nibbler's Nibbler's cool. <laughs> the other time yeah, was no. when they were briefing Weir about their conversation with Taylor. And Shepard's like, I can't imagine her beating the hell out of security dickhead. Yeah, it's like, like, really? Because the rest Weir, of us can. Yeah, and Weir's like, Ford, what do you think? I'm worried that she might have done something unknowingly. And I'm scared of her nightmares. They make me nervous. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be on her team. Uh, so bizarre. So yeah, things. yeah. The right answer there is like she's on my team and I back her no matter what, hundred percent. Yeah. Instead, he's like, oh, feelings. And, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Get and it. he did say something in the. Oh man. He's just got terrible text. dialogue. Like it's. Awful. He really does. Like he yeah, no one. The... No one knows what to do with him. Like they just. Yeah. You can see why the character. Well, Mitch is gonna. Yeah. See where the character doesn't doesn't go anywhere. Like yeah, see where the character character development doesn't go anywhere. And I and I and I had this from like when we did Rising, it was like they've taken SG1. Like if you take the three most interesting elements out of like the four bank, like the four SG1 characters, and they've kind of just put them into like a blender and just pulled things out randomly. Mm. But Ford got left over with just the boring bits. So it's like he got Carter's second in command, yeah, like a second military, and that's it. Like yeah. Carter's scientific stuff went to McKay. Um, Daniel Jackson's stuff went to uh Weir. Yeah, especially um, the Taylor is Tilk. Taylor's just a carbon copy, it's like Tilk with a vagina. Like that's yeah. you know to giant um <laughs> Vilk. Vilk. <laughs> um well I guess it'd be um <laughs> Taylor yeah, is and then even, with um, just one pouch. And then even <laughs> they ended up giving Rodney um, Daniel Jackson's ancient uh, like 
ancient knowledge ability. Yeah, and even the, the 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 back and forth debate, like in terms of the you know he's not military, so he can question. Mm. You know, so, so like Ford kind of just got left. Yeah, with nothing. He's like, like he, twins. He's the Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's the he's the, the human. The <laughs> he's the human other military officer on on the primary team. It's like what else? Yeah. Like they give him a little bit. It's like oh, he's like a on paper like he's a um uh what do you call? He's like a demolition expert and he's good with explosives. But it's like well, they never use that. That's not something yeah. they ever really use. Yeah. And obviously they they tap into it here a little bit. That's why he's so excited about all the weaponry and stuff is because he's an explosives yeah, right. nerd. I was about well, to wasn't say he helping that's, McKay? That's well, wasn't he right. helping McKay and Zelenko with the atom bomb? Yeah, that would have been great. That yeah. would have been a, a really cool thing for um for Ford to be doing. And he's even telling, no, McKay, you can't do a lot. Theoretically, that makes sense what you're trying to say, but practically you need to do this. Yeah. You know, anything. Make and, yeah. Imagine if Ford was like, yeah, I built an I built a uh, a nuclear bomb model like when I was in high school as well. Like just because yeah. I I like things that blow up. Like yeah. That yeah. would have been cool. Or like he was taught by the military. Like he knows how, like on paper, how they work or, mm. you know, so, but they just, they just didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, even think... the ignition and ignition system or whatever. It, I don't even know how atom bombs work. Yeah. The, the thing that splits the atom or whatever. Or the fuck, but... Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, they didn't give him gene therapy. So it's like when they want comedic gene therapy stuff, they go to Beckett, you know, imagine yeah. if all the Beckett stuff in the chair was Ford. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, yeah, because it doesn't work on him, right? On Ford, I don't know. I don't know if it's ever, if it's ever said. Yeah, that's silly. Because he yeah, should not so far at least be able to do what Shepard does militarily. Yeah, um, just get in the jumper and skip over there and pick up such and such and come back. But yeah, which. Also brings me to which also brings me to all the stuff on the satellite uh, with Groden and McKay and random pilot. Mm. <laughs> when they when they drew straws to have to go outside to fix something, why did the pilot draw straws? Yeah, that's true. he wouldn't have known what to do, and he had to pilot the puddle jumper out there. <laughs> So what would have what would have happened yeah. when he got there and then had to go EVA? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't like even what, occur to me. Why 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 did he think he could keep up with Groden and McKay? Like and McKay already got in the suit and went into the satellite anyway. So what what did he care? Yeah, not to mention that like when McKay is like getting ready for the mission, he's like, okay, I want to bring Groden and any pilot will do basically he's just like yeah, any pilot yeah, yeah. will do that's funny yeah absolutely i didn't even notice that when it hero <laughs> mate classic hero yeah and also continuity editors or maybe it was just the st- back then people just didn't give a shit <laughs> it was all gyro yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was gyro it was because uh, i think um joe and paul got a story credit for part one part two no part one they got a in the oh well, maybe there was the, some maybe there was some overlap in terms of of what yeah, they were because I was, and then they got I, the mate they got part two there's no Giro at all yeah and Giro writes part three by himself oh, okay yeah because I listened to the audio commentary and it was like Martin Wood it was McKay and Shepard and then Martin Giro as well and 
you could tell Giro, like, he just wanted, like, because he thinks he's funny. Like, he just wanted to just, <laughs> like, just be, he just wouldn't stop talking during the commentary. But it's like Martin Wood would just, like, keep shutting him down because Martin, Wood, Martin Wood's done, like, 40,000 directors' commentaries for this show. Mm. So Martin Wood's doing his normal gear. And, like, handbrake Giro just trying to, like, drop <laughs> shit in and just no one's responding to it. Oh, it was hard to listen to, but yeah, he, he did mention that like he managed to somehow as a as a first year writer managed to finagle his way to at least write the first half of Siege, and then yeah, Joe and Paul did the back half, and he said he had to like he would be writing stuff while Joe and Paul were writing stuff, so it's like he'd go into their office and be like, oh okay, well, this is what I'm doing, is this what you're doing? And they're like, yeah, okay. So I guess that makes sense, yeah, that you know, yeah, let, Joe and Paul we'll, you write part the, one. Martin, and we'll write part two. Okay. Yeah, we'll fix it. We'll... <laughs> yeah, just in the biz, we like to call it first pass, okay? You just do first pass, and then we'll, we'll take care of it from there. How about this idea, guys? Nah. Nah, you're right. Nah, it nah. We've, we've got this planned already, so no. no I'll just do the idea. dialogue. <laughs> How about you just do Ford's dialogue? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why Ford is the way he is. <laughs> Oh. oh, that would be perfect. And yes, yeah, oh. since, uh, and since oh, oh, that was the other dumb Ford line. Why don't we just call it Planet Waterfall? Oh, don't why don't you shut up, Ford? Yeah. That was the other dumb thing he said. The rivers and the lake that you used to. You just you just busted out there straight away. Also, I can, a... I can do that whole rap verbatim. <laughs> Not a problem. I've seen a rainbow yesterday, but too many storms have come and gone, leaving a trace, and not one God given ray. You said, Because my life is 10 sheds of gray, I pray I'll 10 fade away, said I'm praising for the sunny days. And life is promised is true, only my faith can undo the many chances I blew to bring my life to a new, clear blue and unconditional. Tried to dry the tears from my eyes, no more lonely cries. My only bleeding hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain that it keeps them in the pouring rain. Who's to blame for shooting Katie to your own vein? What a shame you shouldn't aim with someone else's vein. You claim the insane in this day and time before. Fall and pray to crime. I say the system got your victim through your own mind. <gasps> Dreams of hopes, aspirations, uh, and hopes to come in true. Believe in yourself. The rest is up to me and you. Don't go wow. Yeah. Only rap I know. Your breath control was excellent there. <laughs> that really was. That was excellent. I was impressed by that. that uh, only rap I know. Don't finish on that. When you're going to just bust out a rap like that and, and do it well. <laughs> Don't finish on that's the only rap I yeah. know. Yeah, just like, write, just say, I wrote that. I wrote yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, Microphone yeah. drop. Okay. Yeah, I was the ghost writer. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the reason. I just came to think of it then. You know how Taylor was like, there's a Wraith on base, but she didn't figure it out. It was Carson that figured it out because it was Wraith DNA on Bates's uniform. That's right. We've been giving her credit and a fucking gift, and it wasn't even that at all. It was Beckett all along. Beckett yeah. with his weird baby turtles. Oh, there's DNA. I ran it through DNA. twice just to make sure. <laughs> Why? Is... Well, I mean, are you sure? Yeah, Taylor, ran it twice. Taylor does have some red DNA, so she still could have been the one that fucked him yeah, up. Hey, <laughs> that. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Taylor wow. could be a murderer. I hope so. <laughs> Bates guy deserves it. I would yeah, have loved so if he annoying. actually had been straight up murdered. Like it I think that's so one of my good. pet hates in life is being um, accused of something that I didn't do. And I oh really? I can't keep control. I just lose my shit. And I yeah. 
I would deck him too. He's yeah. just an asshole. Like just but fancy, like coming. They come in. Oh, um. Meanwhile, when they came, when they were going to look for an alpha site, the team come back and he's like, oh, "I knew it. That she she alerted the wraith again." And then they come through, and Shepard's still shooting into the wormhole. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I wonder if he knows how wormhole travel is only one way. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even. <laughs> he's click just on shooting. That. He's shooting into the. Thing. Uh, that's but, funny. But um, yeah, that Bates guy, he just comes out and just goes, I knew I shouldn't let you go. And like, where did that come from? At least wait to see what it was. It was a T-Rex, sir. Yeah, yeah a T-Rex. Shut up, Ford. Which is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is so confusing because <laughs> in the audio commentary, Gear actually said they actually wanted to have the T-Rex was originally going to come through the wormhole. Like they were going to oh, have like a T-Rex come through. Sense. That's probably why I was shooting at it. Yeah, um, but it was going to cost them like $60,000 or something like that for like three frames of it or something like that. They just, it's not worth it, which would have made Bates look even more of an idiot. It's like yeah. if a T-Rex comes through the gate and he's like, oh, I knew it was Taylor. She she let the wraith. It was like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Well, you think yeah. the wraith have pet T-Rexes and they've just dropped yeah. it on that planet, you quit. Either the Wraith or, or Gira would have made one of them look like an idiot. I mean, I <laughs> and I'm okay with either one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There are annoying characters in this show. I think that's what's... I, yeah. It's not as good as SG-1 for me. The, the one that annoys me this season the most, apart from Ford and the other lady, is... um What's his name? Halling? Halling. Yeah, that, so that's Christopher Heyerdahl. Like, he's yeah, yeah. Todd. He'll be like Todd. He, yeah, he's Todd, and he's um, he's in. He's uh, in Sanctuary. Sanctuary. He's, in, he's, he's in already been in SG One. He's in um. Yeah, he was on the um. The one with the Mind link. Planet, the Blink. Yeah. But I like him in every other thing except this. This one character. Just this one character appalling. I just think he's just so basic. Like, there's nothing. It's about it's him, bit... like. It's a bit Ford-esque. It's like, well, Taylor is the leader of the Athosians, so why are they making hauling out like he's the like is he the new yeah, leader of the Athosians? But it's yeah. like Taylor never really like, yeah, she's not there day to day, but she's still the leader of the Athosians. Like at no point does she like step down as being, you know, a leader among her people. So yeah, hauling a Yeah. He's just very one-dimensional. And then he yeah. starts harping on about, oh, the ancients will save us. And you're like, shut up. Yeah. In, like, the, in the commentary... You didn't come he... to Atlantis to listen to religion. Well, yeah. um, in, the, um, in the commentary, they did say, oh, we probably need to address like the fact that the Athosians are here and they would want to help. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you give that stuff to Taylor? Like, yeah. why? And now here's, here's the amazing part. Christopher Heyerdahl was filming a movie in Japan. He flew in on the red eye, did that scene, and then flew back to Japan to finish the movie that he was shooting. Oh, salute, sir. <laughs> Which is mad respect. Just like, he's so a good he wouldn't dude, get kicked off the show. <laughs> basically. So it worked out so well for him get in out. the end. But like, wow. why would you not? Oh, that's probably too expensive. We'll just give that scene to Taylor. Yeah. They're trying to save 60000 on a fucking... Keto. Yeah, it would have been really expensive for a flight there, accommodation, all that shit. When they could have just given one line of dialogue saying, like, the Athosians feel this way. And yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, that would have done that, would have serviced the story. Yeah, and then 
very weird. And then I, I hated that scene between Colonel Everett and Taylor. You know, when she's stick fighting with that guy and he's like, hey, you must be Taylor. <laughs> oh, Ethosian Daniel Jackson, when she's stick fighting with Ethosian Daniel yeah. Jackson. That's, <laughs> yeah. um, and- that's Bam Bam. That's James Bamford. He's the um, like stunt coordinator for, for all of Stargate. Oh, right, yeah. And he's Make- like a, he's a pretty good director now. He directs a lot of stuff now, I'm pretty sure. Makes I just sense found that cause... whole scene really frustrating. And it was obviously designed for you to hate Colonel Brannigan more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, lovely Taylor. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got his arms crossed and in yeah. you know, like a full hard on salute stance. You're like, come on, mate. So you stay out of our way. You Yeah, and then basically he was he was one line short of being Zan uh, Zach Branding and just being like, well, you can't fight, you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, yeah. Am I right? right yeah. Am I right, man. I, I know what you want to feel because right, you probably nag us to death. Am I right, man? Yeah. <laughs> like such a douche. Like such like, a douche. Like he's character. literally just watched her beat the shit out of Bam Bam. He's like, women can't fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we're not gonna have a dirty Athosian fight for us. And, and like even his character arc, where all of a sudden you're supposed to like him build. all of a sudden. Yeah, like him all of a sudden. Yeah. Where did that come from, though? Did he get somehow get orders from? the incoming Daedalus that he's no longer in command or you know what I mean? Because all of a sudden it was just, he flicked a switch in that second. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's he, like, oh, he, he gave like, we the mic. He, he let ta- captain get these people some guns. Yeah. Like, get, <laughs> get it's like he has one encounter with civilians. a couple of Wraith and he's like, Oh wow. You guys weren't kidding about the Wraith. They're serious. Yeah. Aren't they? It's like, yeah, mate. That's what we've been telling you. You idiot. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, James Bamford directed 17 episodes of Arrow. Oh, wow. That that's, what, yeah, that's what the name says. Yeah. Well, you probably read it. Uh, so, so, and stunt coordinators aren't a joke. Like, you can see the difference in a fight. Like, the Atlantis fight scenes are always great. I always yeah. find them great. Like, the hand-to-hand combat and all that sort of stuff. He was, um, he was also eighth in... Um, Oh. Uh, Stargate SG One, you know, at the the start of season eight, when there's like that one wraith in the tube, and um, uh, Thor wakes him up. Wraith in a tube. Oh, sorry. Um, replicator in a tube. Oh, SG One. You know, and the the first time the first time they use the 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 replicator gun, like the one that Jack oh he oh, turns yeah. into. Yeah, that's Bam Bam. Uh... Oh shit! Ethosian Daniel Jackson, aka Bam Bam. <laughs> It did. I did because I wasn't wearing my glasses and I had to put them on. I was like, "Hang on, is Shanksy in this?" <laughs> put my glasses on. Oh no! You'd stunts on Elysium. I um, I kind Maybe. of wanted to touch on this because it's it's not even a spoiler. Yeah, you did. I want but you to touch on this. Touch it. Touch away. Colonel, this guy's touch. name was Colonel Everett. Colonel Dylan Everett. Are and we talking colonel, about Zach Brannigan? Yeah, Zach Brannigan. And he's he's and the colonel in the S in Stargate universe is Colonel Everett Young. Oh yeah, first name Everett. Then so one someone's got a hard on for Everett. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Which is was kind of strange. Maybe someone wanted to mount Everett. He's a little young. I suppose they did that. <laughs> they did that with um SG1 as well. Remember, because there was like Samuels, Simmons, and 
Something else. Something out. Something else as well. Slappy. Colonel <laughs> Slappy. Colonel <laughs> Slappy bags. Hanson. Squirrel. Uh, a lot of writers do that though. They sort of you stick to it. You stick to a name. You have. You have yeah. Well, name. Peter DeLuise, when like he was writing scripts, he would all like in his audio commentaries be like, "Oh yeah, this guy's named after like my brother-in-law. This guy's named after a guy I knew that ran a fruit shop. Like blah blah, blah. you know, like just random random stuff like that." Mm. Yeah. I think I mentioned it in one of the episodes when we meet a Tokrad named Delic. The name Delic he got because he had a friend named Derek who had Asian immigrant parents who, who spoke in broken English or whatever. And whenever he right. would call, whenever he would call his friend Derek, be like, hi, Mr. Such and such. Can I please speak to Derek? His dad would go, Delek, Delek, phone for you. Delek. <laughs> and that's how he got the name Delek. <laughs> that's really cool. I yeah. like that. I like so that. I love, that's why I love Peter DeLuise so much because he just comes up with just random shit like that. I do because I write myself. So when I'm writing in scenes and I have a hard time, especially if it's a character that you're only going to see for one or two, it's hard to think of a name. Like, it, So I just sort of swap middle names and names of people I know or just swap letters around. For, oh, that's not just, bad. Yeah, you yeah, pull from what you know. Yeah, yeah, because then it's quick and easy. You know, it's sort of, yeah. Yeah, you just sort of write a character based on someone you know and just change their name slightly and just be like, well... And it's SG one base and um, so anything else where the main character's name is Jack or there's a John in it or something. Yeah. Because of that, I've never written a Jack or a John. In yeah. Well, when the fact that when you think about yeah, like Jack's like government name, like his birthday is John, and then Shepard's first name is John as well. Like they're both they're both <laughs> yeah. John. Like the main they're... the main male lead is is John. There you go. It's, it's the exact thing. And there are heaps of action heroes are too. If you look at action hero movies, like half of them, they just can't think of a name. So they just uh, John McClane. Yeah. John Connor. Yeah. Uh, Jack yeah, Reacher. Jack Reacher. Jack Ryan. Uh, and, um, Captain, Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack, oh, Jack Sparrow. But they get all the John Wick. John Connor. Did what Connor. about. Um... What's the Mission Impossible guy? What's his name? Ethan. Oh, Ethan. Ethan. Ethan Hawk on a hunt. Ethan Hunt. Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. He. <laughs> I went different with him. Mm. Well, I suppose that was a that was a repurpose was of a an old TV show, book, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah. yeah TV show. How could it have been books? Yeah, first? yeah. I just remember it was like a 70s, 60s, 70s TV show or something. Yeah. yeah. Your missions, you choose to accept. It was terrible. I used to watch yeah. Manny, Manny and Grandad. It was terrible. Such good movies there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you wanna? I wanna ask you a question, and I wanna tell me what you reckon. Mm. The wraith at one point. All right, so they had all those soldiers on the big gun turret, which yeah. I'm assuming is Asgard technology. Are we guessing that? No, they're um rail guns. Yeah, they're from the Prometheus. Yeah, but the laser ones. No, no, no. That they were rail guns with like traces and stuff on. That's like actual oh, technology. They, right. they were the, they were the ones that, that fire via magnetics. So yeah, like yeah. that's that's actual like real world. They weren't real, but that's real world technology. Oh, I was yeah. wondering why they were blue lasers. That's all. I think it was like um like, like in Transformers, where it's like they they fire things with tracer rounds, so yeah. you can see so you can see them, so they look cooler. I only every saw four, one every of those. Four rounders. 
Mm. For good reason. But the, the, this is the question I had. So the, mm. the gunners were on the turret and then the darts come along and beam them up into the ship. And I don't think we've spoken. I don't think the show itself has spoken about how the darts do that yet. But I, you could only imagine that the darts would only have a storage capacity, so to speak. So they'd only have so many people allowed in the vehicle. Do we think that they would like, so once the darts fall, they just go up to a high altitude and just dump them and then just see <laughs> no, that's food. they die? That's food. That's like, they're putting them in the esky for later. So they go back to the mothership. Drop if they them survive, off and come back. I'm assuming they're just like scooping. No, I would say they're scooping them up as much as they can until they're full. But it's like, if, yeah, if, if they... Because um... the darts don't shoot, right? Don't they? No, I'm pretty sure they do because they, they shot in the pilot. Yeah. yeah they? Do when they like... shoot things? I don't they think do they because because you have to point out the fact that they're going kamikaze. Although, no, you actually, you make a good... I think they just yeah. scoop them up. Do the darts shoot? And also, I always thought it was like, like they a, have weapons. A buffer. Like they a, should. Like, the tra- like a transporter. So like they, but they were just held in a buffer. Until they yeah. get back to the mothership as as information. Yeah, not, that's what not... it that's what it is, but they haven't said it. Yeah, yeah, because they um, for spoilers remember, purposes. Remember that in the pilot they they fired on the um uh on the puddle jumper and damaged it. Oh yeah, of course. It and is. then in thirty eight oh, minutes yeah. as well, because it says um the darts are equipped with a forward firing pulse energy weapon, which is powerful enough to destroy an F three hundred two or a puddle jumper. With one well-aimed shot, is okay. capable of shooting down missiles before they. So reach that's their all right. Area. So they just go pick up as many as they can and then just keep shooting. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd imagine it's like an S. It's, it's got to be a, a maximum amount they can scoop up. I just thought it'd be cool. Like, all right, so the hive's full of people. It's just easier instead of trying to shoot people individually, just scoop up half a dozen of them, go high altitude and just drop them, and there's just <laughs> bodies falling. That would be cool. Be imagine, so if they, cool. imagine if they imagine if they use that instead of um instead of asteroid pieces to just like to yeah. hit the mines. <laughs> they just launched people. their own people. That would be um, that, oh, that would have been sick. Like that that's, just, that's just that's just wasting food. That's just wasting food. Yeah, but that would have been got, a big dick move. I don't care. Though. Like I don't what? give a f- about wasting. They're food. They're people. Like, no, but that's like horrific. Yeah, because they're like, like just like these dead bodies that were dying in the vacuum of space. Yeah, but then getting blown up like used, used as projectiles yeah. yeah no where i thought you That's were going with so with good. the wraith beaming technology is at w- and i guess it's the same with rings it's like at what point does it differentiate between what it needs to scoop up and what it doesn't I, I, so I it's like it's organic, obviously obviously it scoops up organic material but it keeps your clothes yeah keeps your clothes your and weapons so, so. it recognizes what what you're wearing but then it's like okay if it, if it scoops up like where one of those weapon platforms is it's like if the we- weapons platform the chair on it has like leather upholstery does it take that up as well because it thinks it's clothing because it yeah. recognizes cl- like at what point does it go oh okay no that's just part of the structure i'll leave that there i can't like yeah. like the ai is just to differentiate that is more advanced than anything the ancients have ever done like if they have beaming technology <laughs> like that is they should have won they should have won yeah everything yeah because yeah that's Especially so true like, that they'll fast. go past the rail gun and then like everyone's sort of shooting and then bang they all disappear out of the rap why didn't it take the rail gun why didn't it take the massive yeah. piece away? yeah 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 so 
on that in the audio commentary that I found was interesting. So there was like there was like three layers of weapons. There was like those big magnetic sort of turret things that were like turning and stuff. Then there was like the medium-sized guns that were like attached to the railings and stuff like they were on little pivoted. And then there was just the handhelds. So the big magnetic guns made no sound because they were, I don't know, the, you know, whatever. But the the biggest ones that they had of like the real guns. Like the 50 cal type. Yeah, whatever they were, like the big sort of, you know, um, placements. Each bullet that they fight cost $6. They spent like $100,000 on ammunition and what just blanks. blew it all. Yeah, like the ammunition cost $6 a round. Oh my God. Monkeys, you might man. as well just get real bullets. That'd be cheaper, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. A little more dangerous. A little more dangerous. Little, yeah. Just True. a little. Um, yeah, so they could spend like hundreds range. of thousands of dollars just on that. Wow, that blows my tiny mind. It also makes yeah. me angry at like the Hollywood machine. Right. And why it's, wouldn't they use CGI? Yeah. Something to do cheaper? with something to do with like the barrel. The barrel explosion, like the the, the barrel flare, and the all muzzle that kind flare, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, the muzzle flare. To shoot one bullet um, and then just keep it. Shoot, shoot, three I different bullets. <laughs> that yeah, make sense. it's. I guess. Sort of loop it. I guess it is by by modern by modern sort of standards. Yeah, you would just fake it and just do it all in CGI. I guess, but then you run into the uh, the problems of like what the problems they had in in early seasons of SG One. I mean, when like. Jonas is like still zadding, and they just don't put the zad in while he's like still like yeah. Mm. yeah. So I did like um Shepard's kind of hand movements with the when he's shooting the wraith in the head, just he's oh yeah, just the unnecessary yeah. recoil. Yeah. Hey, um, a little bit of um housekeeping on something that I've been sort of housekeeping stuff that I've been on for the past few episodes is like people we'll be talking a lot about people's preferred watch order and that kind of stuff. And and I've sort of been very much very vocal in saying one for one seems to be fine. Yeah. Mm. And it still seems to be in terms of at the start of part one, it says the Wraith will be in range of the satellite in 49 hours. So they're still two days away at the start of the episode. Um, and then when like Grodin sacrifices himself like a badass, like it's obviously it's been two days up until that point. So there's this episode probably wow. takes place over a week, I would say at least. When Colonel Brannigan shows up, he says the Daedalus is going to be here in four days, under four, four days. days. Yeah. And okay, I guess this could be a potential spoiler for Mitch, but I'm wondering if people are getting confused with. Typically speaking, it takes the Daedalus three weeks to get from Earth to Atlantis or mm. back. Mm. But, oh, yeah, but they're powered by a ZPM. They're powered by the ZPM. So that's how they can be here in under four days. But that's not a that's not a normal thing. So I'm wondering if people are thinking like from the start of this episode to if when the Daedalus shows up it's three weeks and I'm wondering if that's why they think mm. you need to watch in different orders and stuff like that. Cause but I mean, me, even all, at the start of Mobius, they talk about Daedalus. They mentioned Daedalus. Yeah. So... And like, Sam's going through it all. And, and Daniel's like, what's happening. And, and she's like, Oh, it's basically ready to go. They're just uh, choosing the crew. Mm. Right. But then 
by the end of the episode with the new timeline, it's when sorry, well when when Daniel we're like when we're in three thousand BC and Daniel's like, oh, I think I know a way we can still get ZPM there. There was a dig in Giza a couple of weeks ago, so it's like the end of Mobius is actually a couple of weeks before the start. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, at, at when do you figure that out? Yeah, how, yeah. How so it, it timey wimey stuff. Yeah, yeah. So cool. it's almost like if you go and then obviously the end of the end of Mobius is the end of Threads, which was like the episode from the week before. So it's like you could almost go in your brain, you go, okay, so the new end of threads happens where everyone goes fishing. And then like the next day, we get the data burst from Atlantis, from letters from Pegasus. And then it's like, okay, well, we can be yeah. there in four days. Like we can give us 24 hours or 48 hours to like, you know, stock the ship and get, you know, Colonel Brannigan and all his stuff organized. Mm. And then the Daedalus can be there in four days. So yeah, because so basically, really could all happen inside a week. Because <clears throat> they use the ZPM to get to Atlantis, so that's how Colonel Brannigan got there, and then they ship the ZPM to the Daedalus, and the Daedalus takes off. Yeah, and then it's there in four days. Yeah, with the help of the ZPM. Yeah, that made, that made sense to me. But yeah, so to me, it's like yeah. this whole thing can take place in a week. I wonder if you could do it like Mobius Part One followed by the Siege Part One then do Mobius part two, then the siege part two. Like, I wonder how they would have aired it originally. Would they have aired? That's a good point. You know That's what I mean? Very like, good point. Because I saw Cause... it on DVD, so I don't know. I, and, yeah. I, and then I set out to to watch it exactly the way it was intended. So I did it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Mostly point like if you went that. part one, part well, one. Because I just remember it was, you have SG-1 at 7.30, then Atlantis at 8.30. That's what I remember the most yeah. when these two are on at the same time. And interesting. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if they if they did double headers of yeah, SG one and then Atlantis the following week. I, don't I know. feel like you would have had to because if you think about it, at the end of part one of Mobius, where in the alternate timeline with the shitty like the fuck. And we're about to go on our mission. Like Jack's decided he's going to go ahead. We don't have the ZPM yet. Yeah. Yet, like, does, when does, does Colonel Brannigan Colonel Brannigan show up in this? He shows up at the right beginning at the start? of start of episode two. Oh yeah, because they started the countdown, and then at the start of the episode they start the countdown, and then, and then dialing out, and then it dials in. Yeah. There. So at that point, they already you have. Could, they already you have. Could have already ZPM. watched the end of Mobius, and then. Yeah, do it immediately after that. Yeah. Watch the Siege Part 2. I think it still works. Yeah, I guess either way, yeah. either, either way it still works. But yeah, it, time frame wise, I still don't have any problems with watching it sort of one for one. It all still no. kind of tracks for me. There's none of this watching half a season and then half a season just seems unnecessary so far. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This is the way they made it. Like they literally do it week by week. Yeah. Each and thing. then they, it splits though after a while they sort of stop paying attention to all that crap Just well i know i know the start of next season we will start with atlantis we'll do siege part three before we right. get on to what is it avalon avalon yeah avalon, yeah yeah we'll definitely do because there that makes is... sense anyway because i feel like we're starting a new series with avalon yeah 
And then also um, there is a little bit of an overlap, like episode two of season two of Atlantis. There's some stuff there. Also in SG1. SG1, go to Atlantis eventually. No, no, no. I just mean there's some, like, I don't want to say what happens in episode two of season two of of Atlantis because that can Mm. spoil stuff for Mitch in terms of the rest of the siege and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, Timeline yeah. wise, there is some stuff in there that we, we can get to as well, but it all still kind of attracts for me so far. I know, Mitch, you would have loved this. The um, the shots in, especially in the Siege Part Two, where like the CGI shots where they like pull out of one room in Atlantis and then like whip yeah, pan across cool. and then go into another room. Uh, according to the commentary, that was actually um, Brad Wright's idea and he stole that from Survivor. He was watching Survivor and there was like those episodes where like they'll zoom out of one Survivor camp and then go across like the islands or whatever and then push in on the other ones. He's like, that's what I want to do. I want us to do that. Wow. The the CGI people went, okay, and made those. And and that's ubiquitous now. You see it in in any action scene in any sci-fi. Yeah. That's that's exactly what the camera does. It takes you from And it was was kind of done after the fact because I did mention they said, well, if, if Martin would have known about them he would have played to them more like in terms of the way he set up shots or whatever yeah like that instead of just cutting to ford just walking down a hallway yeah could have come in through a door or something oh and and the way they would follow like the way they followed the bombs um in that scene when they were being wheeled out it always makes you think something sinister is about to happen but it was just yeah i mean this this could this could be my that's too but i i kind of to me it reminded me of a really cool episode of voyager where it's like the episodes like the whole cold opens like the episode the episode starts as like a push in on like Janeway's ready room so it's like a CGI shot of the ship and then it syncs up to like a an in camera shot of her and there's like a scene in the ready room and then it goes like you follow like this person carrying these pads all the way through the ship right down to the the very bottom deck of the ship and then the scene ends with like some little you know one of the little people down on deck fifteen looking out the window and then the ship like the camera then pulls out of that window at the very very bottom of the ship as the ship continues and it goes to the credits it kind of reminds me of that the way it kind of just that was good yeah and it was vast too it gives you a sense of the vastness of it which was yeah and it's like here's janeway up here and then here's this little peon right down here in this (laughs) tiny little like porthole window this big it's like on the underbelly of the ship i'll tell you what actually when um what's his name that peter guy Peter Grogan. Oh, I I know he's Grogan, but I had no idea what his first name was. was Yeah, they call him Peter. Ah. But when he was in the um, satellite and he was going up and down the ladder, it reminded me of Voyager's engineering room. You know, when they always go up and down the ladder? Yeah, yeah. 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 Can I I blow your mind? Oh, this is going to be that three for me, isn't it? Can I blow your mind? (laughs) Um, That's three. You had two? That's the that's the Enterprise D's. Um, that's the exact same set. They just redressed um, what? the satellite. <laughs> no, oh, Voyager's, Voyager's engineering. Voyager's that would have been okay. I thought you meant the satellite. Then my tiny mind was about to be blown. Like, away! No. away! That's why. Voyager's engineering is just a redress of Next Generation's engineering. It's the that's... exact same set space. That's why. There's still the little lift and the little. Um, they just sort of built that sort of upper level, but it's all smart set design, exactly really. Exactly the same. You're going to be making this. And the, cost a lot the, the the we're getting attention. The the windows in um 
the what do you call it the mess hall of voyager that is the 10 forward windows from next generation turned upside down they just like took the windows out turned them upside down and then it, it's a different it's a different set <laughs> all right that's talk. enough Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> that I feel like voice. I started that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You, you definitely did. You said that in dad voice. You said that in dad like. Yeah. All right. That's, that's enough. enough. That's, that's enough. enough. That's enough like, Star Trek now. Back like when to you let, it's like when you let your kids swear, you let them say "damn" yeah, and shit, yeah. and then all they right, start right, dropping. Stop. All right, that's enough now. That's enough. Now. Yeah. Your mother's yeah. home. That's enough now. Yeah. Shit, dad. Yeah, and also, mum's a. All right, that's enough. <laughs> All right, that's enough now. That's right, enough. We are not saying that way. Fun's over. over. Fun's yeah, over. It's, it's cool enough. when it's just us, but when she's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, can I talk about some fun weird stuff? Brendan, don't say no. Uh, I know you want to. Uh, I really did love that scene where she's like negotiating with the Janai. Like she finally gets to like do some good negotiating. And even though like I loved like if you notice like her foot is all weird, like it's all kind of weird and like half tucked under the chair and just sort of makes it look like she's sort of been thrown down. Uh, apparently like she'd done that in rehearsals, unknowing that her foot was kind of in this weird sort of position that made her look very weak, even though like the way she's talking, she's negotiating from a point of power. Like she's in control that whole time. Oh, cause she wraps her leg around behind the Yeah. Like, the yeah. It's all front weird. leg or something. Yeah. She had no right. idea she was doing that. And then, so that was in the rehearsal. And then when they shot, shot the first take, she didn't do that. And Martin Wood loved it so much. He said, oh, you did this thing with your foot. And she's like, huh? So he actually requested she do that with her foot because she'd done it in um, the oh. rehearsal. And he just kind of liked the juxtaposition of her. It made her look a little weaker in the chair. Like she was a rag doll that kind of just been thrown down. But the whole time she's negotiating, she's like, I'm not, I ain't afraid of you assholes. Like I've got exactly what you need. Just and give me your nukes like I, I really i did like all that stuff i found it really interesting she she did it well because as soon as they went oh you know who's got a nuke i groaned audibly <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching by myself and i was like oh and then well, no, yeah like Brendan when and they Reese cut to the were... scene the jedi scene of the, the like the cgi cut away like the establishing shot i was just like oh yeah jedi yeah well, Remember, yeah, like, yeah. Brennan and Reese being very vocal of, like, especially in the pilot when they're, like, y- y- the whole reason you're here is because you're supposed to be this amazing negotiator and she couldn't negotiate mm. for shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. now they finally, like, give her a good moment and it gave her something to do while, like, you know, Brannigan was just, like, taking over. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I couldn't think yeah. of anyone Anybody better else. to leave me alone. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> You, you can go nag them to death. Yeah. It's Am like, I right, was, man? Am I if right? It, yeah. If it was in the room, it would have been, it would have been, well done, toots. And just gives her a little slap on the ass. Just yeah. gives her a little love tap on the ass. Like, well done, toots. Yeah. So oh. good. Well, look at you go. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I, I owe you a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and later is some sex. Wow. You really, you really make me want to give you a bit of affirmative action. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a tip for you. And if you play your cards right, I'll give you the rest later. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, then Shepard goes in for a kamikaze. So he's dead, obviously. Yeah. Well, um, a fun thing to watch too is between this episode and the next episode, 
The bomb changes. It's a completely different prop. No way. It's completely different. Wow. And I was just saying, they, the camera spends a lot of time on it in this other It's like over, over Shepard's shoulder. So like, but we basically, you know, first shot of like Siege Part 3 is that exact same shot. They didn't shoot it at the same time. They waited until they came back from the season break and it's mm. a completely different prop. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Well, I wonder why they do that. Why? Wouldn't you just gonna... leave it in the puddle jumper? Right? Just <laughs> flick the lights off. Yeah, hit the brakes. We'll months. come back so, yeah. in three months. No, or shoot all three parts at the same time, maybe, and then like, yeah, yeah, because he's well, yeah. only in it for like three seconds at the end of it. It's Siege Part three, three, written by Martin Giro, directed by Martin Wood. It's the exact same. It's literally the exact same team. Oh wow! Why? Who? Who was like? Let's build a better prop. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. Because season two had been greenlit already, right? Like they already were quite confident. Oh yeah, got to have been. Got yeah, well, been. they would. I don't think they would have ended on a cliffhanger like that. No. Yeah, I, I think they were confident in their jobs up until sort of season ten happened of SG one, and I was like, Ooh. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they will, because it's like SG one every season was like, especially like the end of season eight was like, we don't know if we're coming back, but I think Atlantis was always sort of given the the, the green light. Because that was eventually what was supposed to happen. The end of season eight was supposed to be the end of SG one, and then yeah. everyone it, like it was just supposed to be Atlantis after that, which it would have been a great ending. But mm. at the at the same time, I remember at the time trawling the internet, hunting like that, camping out on websites waiting for the news of renewal. Really? Like, are they going to renew it every day? I'd be checking. Know. Are they going to renew it? Are they going to renew it? And then like. Getting the news they were going to renew was just. I remember ringing Brendan like, "Yeah, see, I was just coming back." I was so obsessed with Star Trek at the time. It's like I w- I would forget about Stargate for six months, and then when the new season would come out, I would just be obsessed with it for like three months. I'd rewatch all the DVDs over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and then I would just forget about it for six months until the next, like once it was stopped showing on TV and. Because I feel like yeah. after like season eight of like what we're doing now, season eight of SG one and season one of Atlantis, I feel like it stopped being on TV after that point, and we were just relegated yeah. to DVD. Yeah, Ch- Channel Nine didn't have the international distribution rights anymore because it's, it's sci-fi. Like, got... yeah, SG one was on seven. Yeah, seven. Sorry, seven. Yeah, yeah seven. Th- that's what I remember it as. Premiered it on seven, and Buffy was on seven as well. And I they'd think. always up their order of stuff. I remember. It- it was the first time they went to the top five in the ratings anywhere, and that was what strongly got it greenlit for a season two. Was Australia's following of yeah, wow of Stargate. Yeah, because Australia loved MacGyver. Yeah, and did that everyone loved that show. Yeah, and we bought a lot of merch, so like MGM was happy. Wow. They were like, "Wow, like this this small populated country." I don't know that I've ever seen a full episode of MacGyver. And count yourself lucky. I mean, no, <laughs> watch gamer. one. Watch one for, to say you have and also to admire that magnificent mullet. You know what's held up surprisingly well? I watched an episode of it on Disney Plus the other day. Remember Dinosaurs? Like, not the mama. <laughs> yeah, f- yeah, I remember Dinosaurs. I watched the pilot of that the other day and it just, like, that 20-minute episode passes like it's, like, eight minutes. Mm. Like, it held, yeah. it held up surprisingly well. I'd give that a rewatch. because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to. Uh, I'm yeah. doing that and I'm doing Frasier at the moment. I watched almost all of season one of Frasier today because I live a very full life. 
Yeah, I watched <laughs> I watched about five episodes in a row of Frasier. Mm. The pilot because I don't remember ever seeing the pilot. No, it was it was just one yeah. of those shows that was just always on. So you, you yeah. just and, and every time it came on, it just felt like it was the same six episodes every single time. So I just mm. thought, oh god, this one again. It's like holding my like, hands like this and getting incensed at something. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> if I see the one with that <laughs> cockatoo on Niles's head again, my like, I'll just explode. Yeah, yeah. What a faux pas. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Touch <laughs> and uh, oh, my. Oh, my. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I like Rodney's stimulants line. But yeah, can you get a sports yeah, I already gave you something. We're building nuclear bombs. Yeah, that, and okay, that's the other snappy. thing. Yeah, well, we snappy. <laughs> uh, and but, um, Rodney and Zelenka being able to build two nuclear bombs, and there are countries full of scientists that can't even do it. I mean, mm. shit. And well, they like, just oh, finished yeah. them off. They finished them off. Yeah, but the fact that they didn't need to Google it, like they couldn't Google it. They were just like, yeah, yeah, we know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we also specialize in nuclear yeah. physics Which, and, and like you know, you'd think, okay, so for McKay, like that's you know, that's a cute thing. Like, you know, they they revisit that with like the big bang theory where it's like, oh, Sheldon as a kid knew how to build, you know, um uh, nuclear weapons and all that kind of stuff. Zelenka, um, mm. what kind of shady shit was he doing? In the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah. just like part of the you USSR. Know, yeah, just uh, yeah, like yeah. That, see, now that would be a good Stargate Origins. It's just like, mm. okay, what kind of stuff was Zelenka doing back in the 90s? <laughs> like, who Who is he working for uh, with the like the level of knowledge? Yeah, well, he like, would have been, been do, there before 89. You could do mm. TikTok Stargate or, uh, Origins, like TikTok versions, 30 seconds. Like, what was Zelenka mm. doing? Stargate Origins. And then... Yeah. Do, Dealing drugs and building nuclear weapons. Like, <laughs> well, he is—he is like a mobster in Arrow, isn't he? He's like a Russian mobster, like yeah. that actor. Um, let's see. That's right. Shit, I forgot David, about that. David Nickel was born in 1967. Wow, wow. yeah, he's like, young. Yeah, definitely would have been communist. Like 97, he would have been 30. Like assuming Zelenka is the same age as, as David Nickel, but it's like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah, he would have been up to some shady, shady shit. All right. That is episode 187 of Get Into Gate. I was about to say Stargate Atlantis. That's not correct. It's uh, <laughs> far less than that, but uh, we will be back <laughs> in a couple of weeks. I think that's the next actual episode. You said last week, Maddie, that we will be discussing post ranking. Because we're all gearing up for a rank. Okay, we're all doing our stretches and uh, drinking plenty of fluids. We're going to have a, uh, quite a rank uh, in our next episode of uh, SG1 and SGA. But our next actual episode that we'll be uh, breaking down will be part three of Siege. So ongoing, or at least for the mm. next season. I don't know. I'm, I'm first timer. We are doing part three of the Siege. Yeah. So we'll start and then the getting Atlantis. into season nine of SG1. So yep, um, definitely yes. brace yourself. And <laughs> something yeah. i don't know i have no idea what to expect this is i don't know like i said at the, at the top i'm i'm not that i haven't been excited about watching the show but there was just something about this two-part finale that made me really feel like i was watching new content i don't know what mm. it was so i'm excited mm. to see um to see parts and just the idea that i've always just known sga as being oh yeah my mo is in that show like i like <laughs> i think yeah. i like that guy because i've seen him in other stuff and then obviously then he went on to 
a bunch of other things and he's now one of the biggest stars in the world so i'd be i'm just keen to get to a stage where he finally comes into this show that's when it gets good just, yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. good <laughs> yeah. all right well we'll be back uh next week uh with a uh, with a full rank so by all means in the meantime Get your own ranks together, guys. I'd love us to do a yeah. big worldwide oh. group rank. Just, like, yeah, just rank oh. around the world. I'd say join our hands, but I think that kind yeah, of fits the purpose. We need of yeah. Are we, we doing need two? Hands. We're doing two separate rank episodes, oh, yeah. right? We'll I think a, so. We'll have a I break in between, so. obviously. Yeah. Um, we'll so we'll do, so we'll we'll rank SG one next week, yeah. and then the week after that we'll rank Atlantis, and then we'll hit the Siege Part Three. Yeah, we're going to work it. There's a, there's a process there that's going to make it safe for everybody, and we're going to make sure yeah. that we, we logistically, you know, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> I don't even care. I like living on the edge. I, I hope I get AIDS from this rank. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, my safe word is origins. Okay, so just, just, so, just so you know, Catherine. Mine's, yeah, mine's, mine's lengthened so <laughs> no you know what it is nuggeta that's my finish yeah that's my finishing move <laughs> and then we're all going to spin around <laughs> yeah uh joss will get that one day when he watches yeah. it if he ever yeah. does that's fun uh yeah in the meantime you can check out all of our old uh, podcasts now on whatever your favorite podcasting channel is, uh, just search Get In The Gate, a Stargate podcast. If for some unknown reason this is your forced foray into our into our podcast, uh, hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Just search Get Into Gates and drop us uh, something for the hairy mailbag, getintogate at gmail.com. And if you want to be sieged with stuff, check out our Patreon. God, yeah. That... Um, no, look, you started strong. I'm not clapping that, okay? Clap at the top. <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm going full Brendan on your ass right now. <laughs> Please not do. Bad. Not Please bad. Do. Not, not, not dead. Not bed. Not not bed. Yeah. But yeah, check out our Patreon. There's plenty of uh, bonus content on there. Excellent. Uh, I'm Mitch people. underscore Lewis, Twitter and Instagram. Come and chat or just, I don't know. I don't even know what shit I'm putting up there. Get bored on my Instagram stories. Maddie, what are you doing? Where are you at? Add high pitch Maddie. Honestly, some I, I I'm even I'm embarrassed. I post something, I'm like, fing Christ, that's boring. Brennan, where are you at? I'm at the Bren Gibson on Look, the Look, I can't Instagram. begin to say how Way boring my I'm joking. I'm joking. Jos, where In are between you at? all of us, tell us how boring you are. <laughs> You're I've not, got a whole podcast not. about how boring I am. I'll uh, I won't tease that later. Because <laughs> you hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I actually hate it so much I haven't recorded it yet. Um, <laughs> sponsored by the Boring Company. I, I'm at... Um... He started recording it and then got bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asleep. Yeah. I, I am at wherever the f- I said I'd change my name to last week, but I can't remember. Jaws underscore daddy. Yeah. Jaws underscore daddy. That's where I am. You should get on Twitter too. It's actually kind of fun. Is oh. it really? It's In not. the Stargate realm. Is it? Maddie okay. says that. Remember, Maddie didn't have one, mm. and now he's just a fiend for it. Mm. Yeah, DMs well, and shit up the wazoo. I don't think so. Yeah, Mitch, didn't you start uh, once a ninja, always a ninja one for me years ago? I did actually. Oh, I'm gonna see if that's active. I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna use that one. Yeah. Wow. I think that was when you the first podcast, the first episode that you ever joined us. But we joked about that, and I'm pretty yeah. sure. 
I feel like I did start that and then send you some login details. Yeah, yeah at was once a ninja, always a ninja. <laughs> yeah. Or we yeah. joked, I think, that half your Twitter, if you were going to reply to somebody, half of your uh, characters' uh, allowances would be gone in your handle. Um, mm-hmm. So you can have to get creative <laughs> with your word economy. But um, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. I'll anyway, that shit. Good, good. All right, we'll be back next week talking more Stargate. Uh, we're just a full oh God, ranking session, guys. Okay, and it's not. It's it's going to sound weird, but I'm looking forward to seeing you all there. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Shirt. We're doing shirtless. Don't make it weird. And don't, no, we do. Should we do just robes? Like nothing but robes. Like you got to. You got to be nothing under your robe. Hell That's yeah. how well, Dave lives his life. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. We can see each other's shoulders up, but I want everyone yeah. committed to the cause. Yeah. yeah. Go do it. Oh, I'm not going to ask for proof. Yes. I don't have pants on now. Are we, is that, have we not always been doing that? I've, I've never worn pants. I haven't worn yeah. pants since, since COVID started. <laughs> and I just, it's a global just, pandemic. You know what that means? No pants. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So you should be wearing pants. Ah, uh, no. No. Global <laughs> pandemic. No. COVID. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Freedoms. You just wear a face mask over your junk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, but, you know, face mask. But still have your dick hanging up here over the top, you know, just to make it really effective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I That's think it's good. about to sneeze. Get into geek. Okay, and play at that game. Or even four, depending on the number of ball colors available. <sighs> I choose pink. That's their color, sir. The hell it is. As my protege, you should know that the only way to deal with a female adversary is to seduce her. <sighs> this time we are sure she's a woman, right? Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh my Good. God. And that bit should that bit of dialogue should have finished there. Good. Off to the Pegasus Galaxy then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's perfect. The lovely Dr. Weir. <laughs> <laughs>